Welcome to Real Native Roots, Untold Stories, a podcast by a Native woman with deep roots. Yat A, this is your host, Vicki Oldman. I hope you all are having a wonderful day. It is full-on spring, pollen everywhere. <laughs> and like others, I'm sure um, you all are enjoying the weather. I'm hearing there's just strange weather happening all over the place. But at any rate, I, um, I'm just so thankful for your support. And I'm glad that you all are here. And I'm excited about introducing to you all um, our guests for today, uh, for this month. So I know this uh, woman from way back, I'll say way back, <laughs> and I have stayed in contact, you know, in different parts. You know, it's interesting when you when you meet people, you start, it's almost like a, I, I don't know, I see a wave is what's an image that's coming to my mind. You, know, you meet them and then you kind of go apart, right? And then you come back again. So it's been like a wave and how I know this um, woman. And I actually have known her when I was in high school. And and she um, is a very uh, thoughtful woman. She is a mother. She is a grandmother. Um she has given so much back to her community and her work and her profession. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring her on is to talk a little bit about her journey, um, share a little bit about her life, but also her journey and her work and what she's um, given back. And given that we're in this pandemic, you know, uh, we have given a lot of recognition and, um, also just sort of gratitude and pause for our first responders and how much they do. And, you know, love to hear at some point or another, our conversation will kind of go in, in that direction and, and learning a little bit about what that is. And so without further ado, I would love to introduce you to you, excuse me, I would love to introduce to you all um, our guest today, Carol DeHosey. Yeah, hey, Carol, welcome. Hi, Vicki. Thank you so much. Um, you know, again, like you said, we go back a long way. And I remember you being classmates with my older, my oldest son in at Winter Rock High School. And um, yeah, so that was a long time ago. So I've known you and I remember watching you um, in high school as you all were doing activities. And then now I've been able to have the joy of watching you grow in your um, career, watching you blossom. And it's just been a real joy for me. And now to be a part of your work is really an honor, Vicki. So thank you. Mm, that is so sweet. I, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for uh, noting how we know each other. I, I would rather you you mention that than, than I did. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. So Carol, tell us a little bit about, about you, um, you know, in terms of uh, your roots, you know, where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, so give us, give the audience a sense of, of who you are. Okay. Well, um, I am Navajo and uh, my clans, um, to start with, with my clans, my clans are uh, Tachitni, so, 
I am from Winder Rock. Um, I was born and raised in Winder Rock. I went to school, um, elementary, junior high, and I graduated from Winder Rock High School. So I spent um, lots of years in Winder Rock. Um, I am the youngest of three. I had two older brothers. And, um, you know, we just lived in Winder Rock my whole life, just about. Um, I guess a little bit about my mom, where she came from. My mom was originally from the Crown Point area, and she was from a little place called Springstead, which is just a little north of Church Rock. And uh, when she was very young, my her father, who's my grandfather, moved his family to Hawthorne, California, and um, he did mainly he did this mainly for his work. So they lived there for many years. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is just um, to give you a little bit of background of where I come from. Um, but while they were living in Hawthorne, um, they, they, you know, my mom was really not able to learn Navajo. So unfortunately, that kind of carried down to us and, and I was not really taught Navajo. Um, and then, unfortunately, things didn't work out for between my grandparents and my grandmother um, moved back to the reservation with all her children. And um, when she got back, she put her her children into the Rehoboth Christian Boarding School, and that school is just a little bit east of Gallup. So when my mom finished her grade school year, she she um, graduated from Albuquerque Indian School located, of course, in Albuquerque, and then after high school, um, she went on to attend a little nursing school that was located in Ganado, Arizona. Way back then, they um, had a nursing school back um, in Ganado, and there was, you know, quite a few uh, Native nurses that went there, and my mom was one of them, and that's how she became a nurse. So I kind of followed in her footsteps, and it, but you know I was just thought that her journey was a little bit different. Uh, my dad, he was originally from Kintlachi, Arizona, um, and of course that's between Winter Rock and Ganado, and he spent many of his years, childhood years, in, in Tohatchie where his parents were working, but he also attended that uh, Rehoboth Christian School. And when he graduated, or what he when he finished the grade school, he went to high school in Farmington at, and graduated from Navajo Mission, which now is known today as Navajo Prep. Um, after high school, he relocated to Phoenix and, and went to a little college um, named the Lamson Business College. And there, he studied accounting and business administration. And... Um, I think he and my mom, you know, they knew each other all along, but my mom told me a story that one time she had to travel to Phoenix to take her state board exam for nursing after she had graduated, and she um, got in touch with my dad, and my dad had taken her out to dinner, and that night proposed to her. Um, so they you know, married, and my mom started her nursing career down in Phoenix. But 
that's just a little bit of history. Um, I think I left out my my husband. I did get married. I married um, my husband, who was also um, from Fort Defiance. Um, it's kind of funny. I knew him. I knew him for a long time. Um, he actually was my my brother's best friend. So I, you know, he was always around, coming over to our house and and uh, doing things with my brother. And at that time, I really didn't um, think of it, think of him any other way. But my brother's, you know, best friend. Um, but as the years went by, um, he, you know, started changing um, his look at visiting my brother, and he um, started visiting me. And my kids always want to know, now, how did that happen, Mom? So I always tell them the little story of, of what happened. Um, my dad, when when I learned how to drive, the only vehicle that my dad let me drive was his old truck. And he had an old GMC truck. And um, he, he let, us, let us kids drive that truck. But on that truck, um, the taillights wouldn't work. So me and my friends were able to figure out how to jiggle the wires around in the taillights and um, get them to come on and, and um, you know, work. So one evening, I was on my way home from visiting a friend, and I was in the old truck, and I pulled over to um, check my taillights to see if they were working. And sure enough, they were not working, so I, there I was, um, bending over, jiggling the lights, trying to get, or jiggling the wires, trying to get the lights to come on. And I guess um, he, my husband had, he drove by and he saw me. So he pulled over and came over and asked me what I was doing. And I told him I was fixing my taillights. And I remember he, he started to laugh and um, he proceeded to help me. He fixed the wires and I got my taillights on and, um, and I think that was the moment, you know, where things changed and he started coming to visit me and instead of my brother and um, our relationship began with that. And that was a long time ago, too. You know, for for us, we were married. We had um, three children. We had two boys and a girl. And um, yeah, it was so that's a little bit about um, who I am and where I'm from. Mm. So you are a grandma, or um, Nali, I would say. Yeah, Nali to my boys. They're a she as well. So okay, yeah, <laughs> connection there. Um, I so you you said the youngest of three, and, and you had two older brothers. So interesting, right? Is that correct? Yes. Uh huh. Interesting. That's the same as you, right? Two boys and a girl. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had no idea um, that Canado had a school. Uh, is that like? Is not high school, but is that like college? Yeah. Well, actually, um, a long time ago, it was a what they call a hospital diploma school. And um, it, you know, they, they, I think it started where, you know, during the war when they needed nurses. 
So they were um, developing these schools of nursing and um, one was developed in Ganado and it was, um, they trained nurses in the hospital and um, put them through, you know, curriculum and, and um, um, actually a real nursing school. And that's where, you know, my mom went to school. They had that old um, hospital where they all trained and they stayed in the the dorms there. I don't know if you've ever been to Ganado, but a lot of it is still there. There's a whole little um, campus there and, and it's just like a, a square block, but some of the old buildings are still there. And um, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, older um, Native nurses that went there. I think not too long ago, they even had a, a really nice ceremony um, recognizing the nurses there. And there's um, a granite plaque there that's located there that lists all of the um, nurses that graduated from there. So yeah, and of course that was a long time ago, probably back in the 1940s. Wow, that's I think that's a great history moment. And so, listeners, if you're not aware, Ganado is um, on uh, the Navajo reservation, and um, it's a little town. And um, so that's something I I learned about Ganado. I didn't know that. And so, um, so your mom went there. She went to school. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to recognize and just um, put light on because I think it's important, and and I thank you for and sharing that in terms of sort of the the history of um, our language, right? Our our Dineth language, and I, I feel like um, that that was sort of the case with my 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 parents. Like my my dad is very fluent. You know, he grew up speaking that. My mom as not as much. She was a lot in the boarding schools. And then when she met my dad, she had to pick up Navajo because where she ended up moving out and living with him when they got married out in Red Mesa and there's nothing out there. And her first job was at the trading post. So she said she had no choice. She had to learn. Um, And that's where she learned. And so, um, and so anyway, I, I, I'm lifting that because I find that a lot of, a lot of um, folks are, and they, you know, when they went to school, went away from home, you know, the language um, was frowned upon to even speak, like don't speak it. Right. And so that sort of um, carried on, I think. And, but I, I don't know if you noticed this, but there is a resurgence again now of um, a lot of our people wanting to learn. There are more classes now. And um, my youngest son has taken a class. And so anyway, I just wanted to recognize that because I know, um, and, and I know you know this in the field, right? So much is the language is so detailed and descriptive mm-hmm. and you translate it. It's so you lose a lot of meaning, you, you know, because it's so descriptive. Um, so anyway, I wanted to just lift that and just thank you for bringing that up because I know that's something that uh, we as uh, Deneh people are really trying to keep the language alive and encourage that, you know, as much as we can. Yeah, you know, that's very true. Um, there was a, there are a lot of people that... Um, we're, we're not, you know, raised with the Navajo language, my, like my mom. Um, she did tell me stories that when they came back from California, before they got put into um, the boarding school, she lived with her uh, her grandmother who didn't speak English. And um, she actually learned pretty well, you know, just living there and 
having to, um, kind of like your mom, she had to learn to be able to communicate. Um, and uh, she, so she could understand really well. My dad was kind of the same way. He was um, putting boarding schools at an early age, um, but he definitely was more fluent than my mom. And in his job, he was able to give, um, you know, speeches in Navajo, but um, they didn't use it that much around the house. But, you know, little phrases that um, we all probably know now, but yeah, so, and it, it's hard. It's It's been really, it's, been um, something that has been a challenge for me, um, especially you know in the in the healthcare field, working there, not being able to communicate sometimes to patients the way I would like. But um, it was a challenge. But I was never, um, you know, I was able to overcome that. And of course, we always had people that could interpret for us and. Um, I always laugh because sometimes the, the older people, when I would have to talk with them, they would go through the ritual because every time I would see them, they would go through the ritual of scolding me and saying <laughs> things to me. And I'd have to sit there and smile and nod my head and listen. And then when it was all over, they were just so in tune to me, ready to, um, uh, you know, for me to help them. So it was, you know, I had those kinds of experiences too, but yeah. I giggle because I hear that all the time. Like my, my Navajo, I, you know, my aunties sometimes will correct, like you, you didn't use that in the right way because it's complex, right? Like you, mm-hmm. How you address your relatives. Um, and when my Nelly was still alive, she would get on me. She would get on me like that, but at the same time, she would try to still encourage, like you need to you know, keep trying, keep trying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's why I giggled because I could hear, I could see what they're probably saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what we know, those kinds of things. <laughs> My kids say that now too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I knew your mom, correct? I like I, I, your mom, your, your mom who was a nurse because she was the nurse at the school. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, so you said you sort of following her, her footsteps into this. And how, how did you know, like, this was what you wanted to do? Cause I can tell you, I didn't think I'd be my own business person. I thought I was going to be a CPA. I'm far from that. <laughs> but how did you know, like, how did this, this work find you or how did you find it? I know your mom was a big influence. So maybe talk a little bit about that, observing your mom and, and knowing, like, this is where I really want to go. Well, you know, um, it's it's really funny because my mom and my grandmother um, were nurses. And um, when I was, you know, in high school and starting to think about what I wanted to do, I did not want to be a nurse for whatever reason. Um, I just, it just didn't appeal to me back then. Um until I had one um, life-changing moment, I guess, that really uh, made me change my mind. And I tell this to, you know, um, different people and in, in different, in my friends, what had happened, you know, and why I decided that I really wanted to become a nurse. And that little story goes, um, one time 
I had a family member, I went to visit a family member in um, the hospital who had just had surgery. And um, I walked in and went into the room and um, uh, he was really having a lot of pain, or he was in a lot of pain just coming out of surgery. So I sat down with them and I sat there and I was waiting for the nurse to come in, you know, to give him his uh, pain medication. And I sat there and I sat there, no nurse. And I, so I finally got up and walked out into the hall, you know, looking for the nurse just to let them know that um, pain meds were needed in, in the room. And I went back into the room and sat by him again. And um, finally the nurse came in. And when she came in, um, I, I so clearly remember this. Um, she wasn't very nice and she wasn't very gentle. And um, she gave him the pain medication, but she was, to me, she was rude and just didn't handle, um, handle, you know, with care because of the just recent surgery or, you know, with the gentleness that I would have done. You know, and Vicki, it was right at that point where I made my decision, you know, I'm going to, I want to be a nurse now mm. and I'm going to make sure that I go, go back to school, I go to school, become a nurse, and then I'm going to make sure that patients are treated well. And that was the turning point. And from then on, I, I wanted to be a nurse. That's a beautiful story to see, right? I think a lot of times we we get those learning moments when we observe others and how they show up, how they show up in their work. Uh, it, it brings a lot of light and almost mirroring, right? Looking at ourselves and like, how can I handle this situation? So that was the moment, it sounds like. It, what was school like then when you decided like, all right, I, I'm all gung-ho, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. Was it Easy peasy. Tell us a little bit about what that was like. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, nursing school itself was really, really hard for me. And even now, I think it's one of the most difficult curriculums. Um, you know, but for me, um, it was it was um, really difficult. But at the same time, you know, it was uh, challenging. It was fascinating. It was intriguing. And then sometimes it, it was even fun. And I think, you know, as you're, as you're growing up, um, or at least when I was growing up, I would watch everything that the nurses did, you know, and that always would, um, I would always think about that. And it would just was always intriguing to me, you know, watching them with write down in their little books or write down and just watching them sit down and write, writing in charts and, giving medications and, and working with the equipment, you know, those kinds of things that was always so intriguing to me. So then when you're in actually a nursing school and it starts getting really um, difficult, uh, those memories would always come back. And then I, they would maybe made me realize that that was the journey, you know, that I was on. Um, there were times, you know, when I just wanted to quit because there was so much homework. There were papers you had to write. There were projects that you had to um, complete. And sometimes it was really overwhelming. And um, 
So in nursing school, I really had to learn how to reach out for help, you know, go to others. And I had to learn how to look for resources that were available and use them. You know, I, I had to get tutors and I looked for mentors and, and just whatever I could do to get help because for me it was really hard. Um, you know, and there's always those things that you remember about nursing school, some of the some of the fun kind of things. Um, when we would when we were getting or when I was getting ready for my very first clinical rotation, we had to go out and buy that first white uniform and those first um that first pair of white nursing shoes. <laughs> you know, you always, you know, that's a big, that was a big deal. I, I just laugh about it now. Um, giving that first shot to a real patient and not to an orange like we did, you know, when we were practicing <laughs> and starting your that first IV on a real patient, you know, a real patient. Um, those are the things that I remember. And then, of course, your first job being so scared, worrying that um, there was no nursing instructor nearby that you could run to and worry if you, you know, really were going to know what to do. So um, lots of challenges in nursing school. I love, well, I love that you shared like the hard times, like there are times that you wanted to quit, like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? Right. But I also appreciate it how you describe how you are so self-led to, you know, in terms of being determined and you know, I'm going to finish this. Like you, you looked for the resources that you needed. You found tutors, like you knew what you needed to do to, to make that happen. So I appreciate you just sharing that. Cause, and you know, I feel like in, in all the different fields that are out there, it, it is hard. Sometimes you want to just like with school, like, forget this, what am I doing? You know? Um, but, but you, you managed to navigate through that. Um, as you got into the, the feel, you know, doing the work and feeling really comfortable in your role as a nurse, um, what would you say would be a time that, you know, a patient really touched your heart, you know, a time that a, a patient really changed your practice and how you do your work when you were um, still in the field of nursing? Oh, let's see. Um... You know, I had so many patients, and and I was in different um, areas of nursing. You know, I I worked in um, the o, in the OB unit, and I worked in the emergency room. I worked in the ambulatory care clinics, and then I also worked in public health nursing. So I worked in different areas, and I had um, you know patients, different patients, but I think. The most rewarding um, time that I had as a nurse that I really enjoyed the most was when I was a public health nurse, and um, you know, and of course that was a, a a whole different area of nursing that, and also that there again, um, my Nava my my ability not to be able to speak Navajo that well came into play there, but it didn't hinder me. You know, we had. Uh, driver interpreters that went out with us, but I used to so enjoy public health nursing, and I can remember a couple of um, stories about um, patients that that I still remember to this day, and, and they still make me smile. 
um, one one time, one was one was um, dealing with a, a little grandma, and um, she was probably in her eighties, and she lived way out there. And that was part of public health nursing. We would have to go, you know, for miles just to get to one um, home. And um, it always amazed me, you know, where these people would live that were way out there. But anyway, we would go see um, this one little grandma. And um, she was on several medications. So we would go out and check her medications and see how she was doing and, um, you know, those kinds of things. So every time we went to see her, of course, we would um, do the talk about how she was doing, and then we would ask to see her medicine. And so she would get up and, and go to her little area and then come back with um, her bundle. And she'd put it on the bed, and um, she'd untie that, and then she would start um, opening all of the layers of handkerchiefs um, and opening them up and, and then until she finally got to her medicine bottles and then she'd pick them up and just the biggest smile on her face and she would hand, hand those uh, medicine bottles to us and that always just made me smile and she would just have the biggest smile on her face when she was able to do that. So and she'd tell us that she took really good care of her medicine um, so that was just, you know, just heartwarming stories like that, that I just so enjoyed public health nursing. Um, there was another story that I always remember. We, again, it was another um, person that lived way out. This one was, you know, up in the mountains, and it was a grandpa, a little um, old older man. And every time we went to his house, he never was in the house. We always had to go look for him. And we usually found him um, sitting in an old rundown car way outside, you know, his house. Oh. And it didn't have any tires. It didn't, it wasn't running, of course. It didn't have doors. But there he sat. And that just seemed to be his favorite place to sit. So that's where we would find him. And that's where we would do our visit. So we would go, you know, go to him and... Um, he would always smile and tell us that we found him again, you know. <laughs> and um, so we'd have to listen to him, and he was so full of stories, and we'd always have to listen to one of his stories before we could start our visit, but that was kind of the routine with him. We'd always have to go look for him, and we always found him, and he, I think he made a game of that, you know, finding a different place for us to come look for him. But um, he was just the sweetest man, too, and I just so enjoyed uh, those kinds of things, you know, trying to teach them, trying to emphasize uh, what was so important for them and, um, you know, just those kinds of things. So I just really enjoyed uh, public health nursing. And I think, you know, I don't know if it, you know, I, I don't know about practice, but I think just the compassion was just so important, you know, to take that time to um, listen to them and take that time to give to give them their time to, to, to talk to us. And then that way, you know, you get such better response. But yeah, those were just some of the things that touched my heart. And they still do. I still think of that. And 
think of those times and those little patients that we we tried so hard to take good care of. Mm. Nijona, Nijona, Nijona. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I, I love what you're just offering in those stories. It's so powerful in that, well, one, that first thing that came to my mind is sort of like the language barrier, right? Even though the, the, the language piece is there, you can still read so much in a, in a person and their smile and their eyes and, and like, you know, unwrapping the bundle and, you know, you can, you can still communicate so much without words and, and still know and get a sense of where folks are at that I just appreciate about that story. And then the other, I love, I love the grandpa, you know, wanting to, you know, um, because what's important, what I got from that, as you're sharing that is like, he like, okay, you want something for me, right? And so you need to give me something too. Like, let's reciprocate this relationship. And it's also trust building, right? Trust building and, um, and making like, I'm sure he really, I, I could just see him thinking like, where am I going to go now? What am I going to do next before they come? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that is so, I, I love that. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. Um, and that was sort of his protocol, you know, and, and I love how you're just kind of wrapping in by saying, you know, um, just sort of talk, listen, just be with, be with them, you know, be, be fully present. And, um, and it, you know, that, that helps the, the practice and the work that you all are trying to do with, with the community um, members out, you know, our relatives out in the areas that are very rural and hard to get to. Yeah, you know, um, I think, you know, when I used to talk to younger nurses that were new into public health nursing, I always would say it's different in the hospital, um, that it's different than in the hospital because when you go out to their homes, then, then you are in their territory so it's, you know, you got to think about that. So it's um, different. And then I also started, you know, I've been thinking about how that was going during this pandemic. Um, oh, my gosh, especially, you know, on Navajo with how, you know, how it affected up there. And I just can't say enough about the public health nurses that were out there and the, um, you know, the community health representatives that were out there doing that work and going out, you know, going out there to those homes. And um, I always say that they were the best um, people to do that because that's that was what we did. We knew where everybody lived and how many were out there. So I just, you know, my heart just went out to them during the pandemic on all of the work, the, the oh gosh, the work that they did was so critical. You know, so just thinking about those kinds of things now. Wow. Have you, um, since the pandemic, have you talked to the nurses that were out in the field, uh, you know, relentlessly, right? Just It's just nonstop. Because I have a couple of uh, friends that are nurses and in the Gallup area, and, and they would post things and they just, you could just tell they were just tired, you know? Um, yeah. What, what sort of things um, did you hear? Do you, would you like to lift up from what, I don't know, like I'm, I'm asking the question, if you've heard from folks uh, about what that was like for them 
Well, you know, the the ones that I heard from the most, of course, were were, were the nurses that worked right in, in the hospitals. And and like you said, it, it was not um it was it was just a a horrific situation, you know, in I I guess it was just what we heard on the news, you know, there was so many patients and um and they were so tired and they were short staffed and and they just had to, you know, do makeshift things to just to be able to see all of those patients and keep them isolated and um you know, like I said, my my heart just goes out to them. Um, I know, at one time, one of my friends or what from the Kenta service unit was asking for help, and and I, I we there we were. We just don't know how what we can do to help them, but they were um, oh wanting to to get little plastic bottles so that they could pour. Um, sanitizer in them, I guess, because they were getting sanitizer in to the service units okay, but they were coming in those really big um, gallon jugs, and they couldn't, of course, give those out to patients, so they were asking for help to get little bottles that they could pour the sanitizer in so that they could get those little bottles out to the community. So a couple of my friends and I, we worked really hard on our end um, looking at all of the different um, Places where we could get a you know bulk order them the little bottles, and um, and we were able to and we got them out there. So we tried you know really hard to to help in any way that we could. Um, but you know that was a really horrific time during the during that time. Mm. And I you know I have nurses that um, that I knew nurses that got sick too and and actually um, didn't make it because they had contracted the virus. So, it, you know, it's just something that we'll never forget. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know you're retired now. And, you know, you, you how long have you been in, in the field? How many years? Um, I retired uh, after 37 years. 37 years. Yeah, and I, and I spent my whole career in Indian Health Service. I never worked outside of um, Indian Health Service, and I loved my time there. I, if I had to do it over, I would work for Indian Health Service again. And as, you know, 37 years of service, you know, and, and, and I know you're retired now, uh, but just looking at the field now, I don't know how much you're still engaged with the field how much has changed and in, uh, in, in, in the field? Cause the other thing, the reason why I'm asking this is I know like when I was still in college, um, the, the, like the, the, the shift that was happening in the medical field was really having more of a holistic approach, you know, of um, integrating sort of like traditional ways into the, the system you know, before it was just very Western approaches. But now I know a lot of like health facilities um, have like a medicine person in place. And so at that time when I was, you know, in, in college, that was a big thing. Like, wow, you know, looking at that model. So just using that as an example, how much has shifted since, you know, I would say in the 
since you've retired or maybe when you are on the verge of retiring that you think is worth noting and just giving light to? Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I remember when I was a new nurse, um, you didn't see, you know, traditional things allowed in the hospitals. And I, you know, they were just really strict about, about that. Um, but as time went on, um, they started recognizing, you know, native healers and they allowed, um, you know, healing ceremonies to be done or they would allow um, patients to go home specifically for a ceremony and then come back. And, um, um, and I know some hospitals even started hiring, um, you know, an, a medicine man to work right along with the, the Western doctors. And I know that was starting to happen and I thought that, you know, that was really, really something because they really used the, um, the traditional ways to, with, for the, you know, with the psyche of the patient, um, that seemed to really help the patients if they had those, you know, prayers done, um, and it helped them understand and help them with their, uh, regular treatment. Um, you know, even in the OB, um, field, there are now are hospitals on Navajo that try to incorporate the traditional ways as much as they can. Um, I think it's Chin Li that actually uses the um, the uh, sash belt for the woman to hold on to, and they're using all of those um, you know traditional practices now, which I think is just totally awesome. And they always have used, you know, done things with um, NOB, you know, asking the mom what they want to do with the placenta or um, using the first stool if they wanted to put that on their face or whatever. I know that that was there when I was um, a young nurse. But, you know, they're starting, you know, they're starting to incorporate that as in policy now in the hospital. So I think that that is really um a great thing and it has come such a long way now. Yeah, I love that they're putting that in policies. When I was in um in a leadership role or when I was in school and in in my master's program, one of the the big projects that I had to do I had to write something that um could be published and um at that time, I had taken another position, a, a more leadership position as the nurse consultant. So I was working with um, the nursing programs throughout the area, and I had moved to Phoenix by that time. So I was covering all of the um, hospitals and clinics in the Phoenix area. And um, in the Phoenix area, there was, you know, lots of different tribes, and that was one of the highlights of my career, too, is learning about um, all the different tribes and the different cultures. But one of the things I noticed during that time were um, some of the cultural practices that were happening, and the non-Native nurses um, didn't understand, and they weren't aware of what was happening and why, why it was so important. And um, so what I decided to do for that project in school was to try to come up with um, an article that would highlight um, practices that, you know, the different tribes do 
um, regarding birth and then also regarding death because we had to work with, um, you know, deceased patients and, and a lot of the tribes still follow, you know, their customs and they want their customs to be followed. And so to help the non-Native nurses, that was one of the things that um, I tried really hard to do so that they would understand, you know, like the, for the Navajo with the, the newborns, um, the placenta, you save the placenta and the family can will take that placenta and bury bury the placenta where they want that child to prosper. So you would um, save that placenta so that the family would be able to take it home. And, um, you know, even with the baby's um, first uh, stool that, you know, a long time ago, they said that if you put that on the, on your face, on the mother's face, that helps take away the, um, the um, dark, markings on the face that comes with pregnancy. Can't remember the right name for it right now. But you know, those kinds of things that, you know, we, the non-native nurses just didn't know. So we were trying to teach them. Um, I remember, um, you know, for the Hopis, Hopi Healthcare Center was one of my um, hospitals that we followed, but they also do a, a really beautiful naming ceremony for the babies for the newborns. So I tried to incorporate a lot of these, um, you know, things in that paper, but um, that are now allowed in all of the hospitals and, and you know, the, the, the uh, nurses and the doctors have to be um, aware of that now. And, um, but anyway, that's just some of the things that I remember doing. I think those are all important. Uh, I mean, we could, we could totally dig in on, on some of these pieces, but I just love the fact that a lot of these are now being honored and interwoven into this because, you know, people who, you know, are, are people who are in the hospital, you know, it's stressful enough being there and, and to know that, you know, you can have, you know, medicine men come or even smudge, you know, whatever to, to help you know, the, the patient feel better to be in a better mindset. I think those things are all important. And, and I just think it also honors that individual and their culture, right? What that that's what they've known. And, and, and in all honesty, a lot of these practices have been in place for many, many, like <laughs> forever, you know, before Western, um, uh, medicinal modalities, came into play. So I, I just think it's, it's great to, to, to know, and that they're doing more and more of that. And so in terms of this part of your chapter, you know, uh, I know that you've been in the field for this long and you wanted to share your story about being in the field. What, what are you excited about in terms of, of the next generation of nurses? Number one, that's the first question. And then I, I guess I would say what, what, Number two is, besides you being excited, what you're excited about, what um, what are some really key things that you've learned that um, you feel uh, would be helpful to to um, individuals who are wanting to go in this field? Well, you know, nursing. Since I was young, a young nurse, nursing has changed tremendously. Um, Nursing now is just a real 
huge field. There are so many opportunities um, and avenues for nurses to go down. There's so many specialties. You know, there's um, um, all kinds of leadership roles. Now, I, that was one thing that when I was a new nurse, I didn't see that many Native nurses in leadership roles. So that, so that was... Um, uh, something that I also, you know, was looking at. And now you see nurses in the real top positions. We even have nurses in CEO positions and nurses that are presidents of companies. And and um, there's just so many different options for these nurses to go into, so many different specialties. And And I am so excited for these young nurses when I see them. And when I actually see them in practice, you know, doing, you know, in some of these specialties, I just get so excited. Um, and it's just really um, heartwarming to see Native nurses out there um, doing these big jobs and doing a great job with it. And, you know, when I talked to new nurses, that was one of my, one of my jobs too. After I left the Indian Health Service, I uh, worked for Arizona State for a couple of years as a nurse mentor and I, um, you know, I guess mentored and kind of talked with the Native nursing students that were attending the um, ASU College of Nursing. But um, I used to tell them that, you know, you really need to decide what, um, what specialty you want to go in because there are so many specialties. And I always emphasize that you really need to do something that you enjoy, you know, pick something that you really um, enjoy doing because when you enjoy doing, you know, when you enjoy your work, that's when you do a really good job. So that's what I'm excited for with nurses. I think, you know, some of the things that I learned um, and, that I'm, and that I'm still learning and that I could offer to young nurses is, um, you know, always, always work on your leadership skills you know, your, your leadership skills, good leadership skills is what's going to carry, carry them. And I always um, try to do that in myself. And I always um, try to do that with the nurses that I was um, working with. You know, good leaders is what's so needed out there. And, and your leadership never ends. So continue to work on your leadership skills. Some of those would be um, continue to work on your communication skills, your writing skills, you know, always see how you can be a positive influence on those you interact with, uh, be trustworthy, you know, the so that those will be able to trust you, you know, work on your integrity. Those kinds of things never end, and especially... Um, as a nurse, when you're actually working with people's lives, I think that's so important and never stop doing that. So, you know, and, and even now, um, I'm still, I, I guess I'm still in staying connected in the healthcare field. After um, I left ASU, I decided that I was going to fully retire, but I, um, was given the opportunity again to become a board member at um, the urban clinic. We call it, it's called the Native Health Clinic and it's located in downtown Phoenix. And um, I was asked to be a board member on that. So I, I still have to work, you know, on my skills 
my own my own leadership skills and trying to keep those intact and and keep myself updated on you know the latest things that are happening and so you know it's just learning 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 all the time never stop keep challenging yourself and keep challenging your brain and and um keep going I love that. I'm a big advocate of continue to keep growing, 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 and learning, learning, learning. I feel that uh, that's what creates new ideas and also continues to keep you on your toes. So I really appreciated our time together and just hearing uh, literally, you know, sort of like this trajectory of like nursing from your lens and, um, and how it's been in the family, you know, your grandmother and your, your mom. And, um, one quick question, anybody in your, uh, of their children taking on the field of nursing? (laughs) Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the skills that you've learned have you know, they've seen that modeled and they've taken on some of those skills. (laughs) But thank you so much, Carol. I really enjoyed this conversation and um, want to say any, anything else before we hang up with the, with our listeners, you want to say anything? Um, One thing I want to say, Vicki, and this is kind of, um, it's kind of a, a little side joke that we used to say, but it's just so very true. We've always said, um, if, if you want anything done right or if you want to straighten out um, a situation, you need to get a nurse in there. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And thank, thank you, Vicki. Yes. Take care, everyone. <laughs>